week in a movie, uh, the podcast where we watch a movie every weekend. My name is Ben Harris. I'm Taylor Becker. Um, we're getting really good at that. Really getting good at just introducing ourselves without like awkward pauses in between. Really proud of us. Back and forth. Um, this movie we saw a very spooky, scary movie directed by John Krasinski called "Is It a Quiet Place or the Quiet Place?" I'm not an expert. I I, every time I. Every time I I talked about this movie, like with friends or anything, I'd be like, yeah, that Quiet Place movie, because I didn't want to sound like an idiot and be like, it's not the Quiet Place, it's a Quiet Place. So I think it, it is a, it starts with an A, um, very confusing, should have nailed down the uh, article there. Ooh. Um, I'm an amateur. Um, this movie was directed by our favorite boy, Jim Halpert, John Krasinski, uh, written by Brian Woods, Scott Beck uh, stars John Krasinski and his wife and a bunch of kid actors that I don't know because they're kids. This movie only had a cast of like seven people, which is kind of interesting and unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe not for a horror movie just because... They usually have like these yeah. small casts and stuff. Yeah. Um, but some prominent kid actors, uh, Noah Jupe, who was in... Uh, Wonder recently, which we did a review on at everyweekendmovie.com if you're interested, who's also in Suburbicon. Um, and we know uh, John Krasinski very well from the old office of playing Fun Fun Jim Halpert. Um, Emily Blunt, his kind of co star, was in a lot of just action movies, I guess. Um, she's also playing Mary Poppins in Mary Poppins Returns. In 2018, this year, she was in Nomeo uh, and Juliet, or Sherlock Gnomes, excuse me, probably also in Nomeo and Juliet. I would assume uh, so. Yeah, she was. Um, so, both, you know, all actors are in a lot of just good, prominent stuff. Um, but this was a very interesting film. It was spooky and definitely kind of uh, out of left field for what I expected from John Krasinski. I haven't really seen him in anything other than The Office. I know he was in that Benghazi movie 13 hours I didn't see it but it was very very strange for me to like see goofy old Jim Halper playing like a serious dad with a cool beard really cool beard I wanted John Krasinski to be my dad in this movie so bad he was such a good dad um but overall I think I think this movie spooked me a lot it was scary um and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'd, I'm not a horror movie guy. I went and saw um, a very, very good movie, 10 out of 10 movie, called Truth or Dare last night. And it was not a fun experience. I just kind of cringed the whole time. It was horrific. It was terrible. Not horrific as in, like, scary horrific, but, like, just not good. <laughs> not Horrifically a, boring. Not a, yeah, not a well-produced film. I was kind of bored. Um, I got a few laughs out of it, which was good, just because of how ridiculous the premise was. But... Overall, I'm just not a big fan of horror because a lot of it isn't well done, um, and I just can't do like gore. Like, there's a scene in the movie I watched last night where like a lady like has to break somebody else's hand, and it just made me cringe so much. Um, and really, that's a lot of horror is just like gore and like you know, oh, it'll really spook them if I cut my hand off on screen. Yeah. Um, which isn't something that I. I <laughs> I'm not into it. Just makes me more uncomfortable and anxious than actually scared. But this movie kind of, while I was kind of stressed out and kind of freaked out, I wasn't like grossed out at any point um, 
or made uncomfortable. It was definitely like a level of intensity that I haven't seen in a film in like a while. I'll be honest. I wanted this movie to end the second it started. I hate, hate, hate feeling stressed in the movie theater. I hate these <laughs> types of films. It was such. It was an amazing movie. I'm, really, I'm glad I saw it. It'll be the only time I ever see it. I'll never watch it again. But it was so good. But man, I my heart was racing the whole time. It was a packed theater, and so there was a little bit of noise all over the place. And there, I mean, it didn't rely on jump scares, but there still were some. And they're not even. Mm-hmm. They weren't like jump scares. Like it's a silent movie, and then the second sound happens, you know, it throws you off, mm-hmm. and it definitely scares you. Um, but it was so well done and it's PG 13 and so that's good. So you can kind of know going into it, you're not going to see a whole lot of gore. Um, and that's good. And I think the best thing that it did was it set the stakes early, which is something that horror films, I think struggle with sometimes. Um, you kind of just, you hear that Jason is killing people, but you don't ever see it until like midway through or at the end of the movie, him actually, I mean, right away that little kid is. And yeah, I remember seeing all the trailers and even like during the scene where uh, John Krasinski's running towards his kid and he sees the thing in the woods, I thought it was going to be like another human, like trying to shut this kid up to like keep the hunters away. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. you, it is unbelievable how quick those creatures got to whatever sound it was. Um, yeah. I mean, it was like instant. Those, they were right up on you and that man, they were, they created some creepy looking car- like creature alien things and some just killing machines those things make quick work of anything and um yeah it was it was so well done but i'll never see it again (laughs) yeah this is probably one of the scary movies that i've seen that like most i mean at least from what i I don't i don't watch a lot of horror i'm not a horror expert um i'm not a horror expert not a horror expert but i'm really not a horror expert either either um (laughs) but the Really, I think the thing that stuck out to me most in this movie, and probably the biggest point I took, is how absolutely stressed and terrified I was, like, the whole way through. Probably up until, like, the very end. By the way, this uh, podcast is going to be very spoiler-heavy, because we really can't dig into it without, you know, talking about all those juicy deets. That's right. Um, But up until the very end, where she has a shotgun and they figure out how to finally get him, um, I was just stressed out and anxious and terrified, like... Through the entire film, I think it was paced really well. I mean, most horror movies, like, you have the very beginning, which, like, they don't know about the spooky, scary thing yet, and it's all fun, and then there's, like, a, there's, like, an, like, an initial incident where they go, oh, what was that? I don't know, and then it keeps happening, and then in most horror movies, they finally figure out how to defeat the bad thing, um, and usually, like, the third act of most scary movies aren't that scary to me, because we've already seen the threat, we've really... By that point, we've already probably got a good look at what's scary, um, and now it just turns into like an action movie with a kind of scary-looking villain, where they're like beating it up or yelling at it. But this was kind of the first scary film for me where like the threat was still very prominent and the stakes were still very high throughout the entire film. Um, I I felt like the characters were consistently in the same amount of danger, like, the entire time, which was very different and had some very different pacing from a lot of the horror I have watched, and, like, I haven't watched a lot, but from what I've seen, it was paced incredibly well, and uh, I was spooked the whole way through. It's short, too, 90 minutes, which is nice. Uh, Yeah, true. It's pretty refreshing nowadays to see a movie um, 
just get to the point. There's not, there's definitely not fluff for this movie. There's really mm-hmm. just the, there's like, the, there's like two days, basically. There's, there's three days in the movie. There's like the first day, which is a couple months into whatever invasion has happened. Um, and then it fast forwards like a year ish. And then it's like a week later. I don't remember the distance of time. It was like 460 and 480. So I think it's like a couple mm-hmm. weeks in between those last two days. But really almost yeah. everything happens on that one day. When they leave in the morning, the two boys to go, you know, learn about how to hunt and survive. And yell at the waterfall. And yell at the waterfall. And then, uh, man, so that he set up some good stuff with like the nail and the stairs. The second I saw that, I was like, oh, she's going to step right on that. <laughs> so, somebody's going to get sure as, effed sure by hell that she nail. Does. And it's, it was like a Home Alone moment all over and... <laughs> but like a really scary home alone it moment. was and she drops that mirror i'm like oh my god they're gonna come and oh gosh it was it was, just, it was really thought everything was really thought out there's no unnecessary fluff they really get to the point it's a small cast so you can all the characters mean something to you um and that poor girl uh was oh my god it was Man. probably the most anxious like <laughs> in any any scene was like ones with her where she's just like walking around nonchalantly and she can't hear anything. Yeah. And I thought it was really cool how like you hear from like her perspective a lot of the times, which is just absolute like silence. Um, I thought that was a really interesting thing that they did um, that really we, you know, added a unique perspective that was just absolutely like very scary. There are a couple questions that some of this movie raised. I mean, so the the universe for which this movie takes place in is really unexplained, um, which is fine. It doesn't it doesn't have a whole lot to do with the story. Um, there was just a couple times where it kind of threw me off. So uh, when she when they're downstairs and it's this is probably the most peaceful moment of the whole movie. They ate dinner. They're playing Monopoly, and they knock over the light. And you know they put out the light and they're like waiting for the creatures to come and murder them. And it turns out to be raccoons which is kind of a trope, but, you know, it's okay. But, and then the creatures kill the raccoons because they make sound, but it, like, really leaves me, like, are, like, there any animals left other than, like, fish in the loud water? Like, there's no dogs in this movie that you see. I assume as soon as they bark, they were um, just murdered. And then, so, the creatures are, the creatures are very interesting. So that, so I see, like, over... If you have a high enough frequency, it's going to mess with their heads and not, I guess it didn't explode. I thought the head was going to like explode from too much sound because that's what it looked like, but it just mm-hmm. fell backwards. And then she stopped immediately, which I didn't think she should do. And it got back up and then she shot it. But like, I guess, I don't know how that was never discovered, but it's only been a year in this universe where those people, it's been like a year and a half. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just hard to think that like, if you were in a tank that you couldn't just blow them up, but I don't know. That was I tried not to look too far into it because I don't think that was the point of the story was the universe that they're in. But yeah, it's hard. It's I mean, it's a good thing it was a short movie, but it's also a bad thing because they can't explain much. They kind of just present this is the situation, this is what it is. Don't look too far into it. And here I am looking too far into it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's something they did well because i think there are a lot of implications in the universe of like well how didn't the u.s military figure out how to stop these things how did you know like this and that and how didn't they figure out how to find like some oh they're you know susceptible to sound why didn't they figure out this whole supersonic like 
you know, make some like sonic noise cannons to destroy these things. Um, but I thought they did a good job of just completely kind of like isolating the story to this one like little sleepy farm town with, you know, maybe like a few people still living there. Um, to where, yeah, maybe they have figured it out in other, like, you know, more, uh, urban areas and like, you know, people are fine, but maybe this family decided to stick to the, stick to the farm cause that's where they felt safer. Um, so I thought it did a good job of like presenting this little story, um, within a much bigger universe that we really don't need to know about because it really isn't like important to, to know the back the backstory is like interesting like reading all the little newspaper clippings that um john krasinski's character has like up on the walls like you know how the, these beings you know came to be um but really it wasn't the story was very like kind of bare bones and minimal um and it didn't provide a lot of backstory um which i think was fine i think like from a character's perspective like they probably don't they probably don't have any idea what's going on in more urban areas. They probably don't have any idea what the military is doing to combat these things. Um, so it makes sense that, you know, the story was kind of isolated to like, you know, one specific family. Um, and I think that's why it was so relatable was just like, and you know, why, you know, for some reasons it was so like stressful for some people to watch, um, was just because the, the, film really is about like relationships with the people you love but just kind of ups it to a new level of like really scary dire circumstances how far will you go to protect the ones you love one thing i was happy about real quick um is that like in world war z i feel like a lot of these like end of the world armageddon kind of movies with like there's something coming to get you they have the dad characters like like in world war z i think he was like former cia and former uh, army beret like total badass i mean john krasinski's character looks like he's like super fit and a big guy but they don't ever present him as like a former army ranger he's probably just like a farmer or they have like that small ranch life and he's just like just this is what like a, a solid dad could do in this universe protect mm-hmm. his family teach him how to survive like he's not like this super crazy underground bunker guy this is just a normal family that's learn how to survive over a year and a half in this terrible universe. Yeah, I wouldn't survive that long. No, I would probably die right away. Yeah, I've... The the very first opening scene where they're in the, like, um, the drugstore or whatever is was immediately just... I think something I'd like to bring, bring up. Immediately set... I mean, as you were saying earlier, really, like, set the stakes for, like, how intense and just, like, stressful this film was going to be when she, when Emily Blunt's character is, like, grabbing the bottles of medicine, but, like, very carefully not to knock anything over, Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, it just, uh, I, I, I think from the very beginning, it's just such a quiet and intense film that I think... I think that's why, it, you know, it's such a hit and why um, it's so unique is because, like, most of the movie is just quiet and it's silent. Um, like, I my I went with my dad and my girlfriend um, and my we got some popcorn and, like, we didn't hardly eat any of it because, because like, we went and we went on, like a, like, a Sunday night and saw it. 
and it really like there wasn't that many people in the theater so it was just like such a quiet quiet atmosphere to see a movie in so it was it was stressful but you know mine was I the opposite it was so the, loud really i was in a packed yeah, theater I, think, I could hear people crying i could hear just people like screaming and it was a packed theater Mm-hmm. i think this would be a very good movie to like watch like later like at home on like a big you know with a big like surround system just to be able to like you know fully kind of grasp the um the atmosphere that the film was attempting to uh present i i think i mean i i had the chance to see it in a theater where there really weren't that many people talking um occasionally my dad'd be like oh man and <laughs> everybody could hear it <laughs> um but yeah really i probably would have been a, a little less spooky like in a theater full of people you know whispering and talking and screaming still spooky yeah probably still spooky because it, it this movie so had some pretty darn good it was jumps. so stressful the most stressful thing i've ever done in my entire life was to go see this movie <laughs> no, i have to bring up another point that is this kind of another you know but so they go on the the two boys the out of the sun also with the sun in the beginning of the movie where she's like getting the medicine i thought it was going to present him as having some like chronic illness Mm-hmm. And that was going to become a factor. I don't really know. what. Maybe he's like a fever and she just got him some aspirin or something. Because yeah. it, I mean, because like halfway through the movie, I'm like, is this kid like a sickly kid? Like, because he like John Kaczynski's character was like carrying him mm-hmm. that first scene. But I, I never really came up for the rest of the movie. So I don't think it's really anything. Anyway, so when they went on their day together and they go fishing and he's all scared to make sound. And John's like, well, you can make sound. You know, you could talk by the river. And they go to the waterfall and you can like yell. Well, I'm like, well, why didn't you just build a house next to the waterfall? And then you can be, you know, as loud as you want and you have fresh water. So that was kind of like, you know, come on, guys, think. And then like, and then that could just kind of go further. I'm like, well, why doesn't everybody just create like this huge sound pub? Like, and then just live next to it. So where there's just constant, super loud sound. But that's just nitpicking. Yeah, I saw, I saw a review on Letterboxd. Uh, Last week, they was like, why don't you just build a house by the Hoover Dam then? Jeez. Yeah. I mean. um, so <laughs> I think there were some very, like, obvious kind of plot points that, like, just, you know, were very silly. And also, like, how is that baby supposed to grow up in that atmosphere? Babies don't understand that there's big, scary monsters around and that these big, scary monsters have, like, hypersensitive hearing. Well, even Bo, um, like, the toddler, he didn't understand it. That's why he died. Yeah, stupid kid. Dumbass. Can't just play with rocket ships, like... Are they going to keep him in that in that little box forever? I yeah, I, I get maybe they'll have to build a bigger box at some point. I thought that that was like an interesting. I mean, because you know, just watching the trailer, like, oh, she's going to have to bring a baby into this very scary world. Um, so I was just watching the trailer. I was like, how are they going to have that make sense in this very quiet world and i thought they you know kind of did a good job of like let's put the baby in this insulated box with some oxygen and hope that it's fine and the Um, rockets to like you know draw attention away and i think that was probably i wouldn't say my most favorite sequence but like probably the only time in the movie that i was like yes oh god oh yeah um when like the rockets are going off and he's like running into the house with a shotgun and it was like there were some scenes in this movie that I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's, um, it's very quick hitting. But, 
Yeah, those were very like few and far between, like just moments of absolute dread and silence, and we go, oh god, oh. like when that the scene when she's like in the bathtub, like literally giving birth, is probably the most stressed out I've ever been in a film. I was just not having a good time, and neither was she. She, I think Emily Blunt did a really good job of uh, pretending to birth a child. I love when she screams. She's I like the second the fireworks start going off. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, she actually birthed a child in that movie. That's some IMDb trivia. Um, she uh, births a real kid in a bathtub. Wow, really just commitment to the Ew. commitment to the bit. I don't like that. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> I made it up. It's not a real, it's oh. not a real thing. Well, I mean, it, she sounds like the kind of person that would do that. Yeah. <laughs> Real method acting. Like at home um, birthing, you know. Another thing to talk about, uh, how did they make that baby in the very quiet time? Did they go to the waterfall and do well, that? I was thinking that throughout the whole movie. I'm like, what idiots? Like, just... Oh, yeah, also that. You, nothing but bad things would happen from them doing that. Like, I don't know, keep it... Keep it above the waist if you want to do stuff. <laughs> if you're in a situation where you have to survive. And I imagine they had to, like, go, like, to the river and do that. Because, like, their kids are around and they got to be quiet. So, like, yeah. I guess they, I guess he took his son to the waterfall and be like, let's swear. Thank you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like your new little brother? Well, this is where I made him. <laughs> well, let me tell you, son. And you can be loud here. I promise, son. I'll tell you that. <laughs> She was not holding back. No creatures came upon us. <laughs> Those creatures, they so they could like. This is this is my last little nitpicky point. Um, so in there, they fall into the corn, uh, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And they're like drowning in it, or whatever. And then they like get the door above them, and it blocks the creature from like killing them. But then he like just smashes through the wall. Like, it's paper, and he, like, you know, runs away, so it's, like, this metal, and he just smashes through it, and then when they are, they run to the truck in that last scene, like, John's, like, run to the truck, and so then, like, the creature's coming over there, and it's, like, can't get in the truck. I'm, like, what? It just, I just saw it, like, explode out of a corn mill like it was paper, and now it can't, you know, break the glass on, on a truck window, and, um... But then John's whole self-sacrifice kind of made me forget that because it, it made me so ve- feel very emotional. I was like, oh, oh, Jim. I mean, John Krasinski. I mean, Lee Abbott. Whatever your name is. And he finally tells his freaking daughter he loves her. He's being a dick and not telling her that. Also, why didn't he just like say it? I love you. <laughs> I wonder how those kids could speak English. Like, what do you mean? Because they were, I guess they weren't too young at the beginning, so they probably already spoke a little English. But just like speaking, like they couldn't really speak to each other. They had like tiny moments where they could like whisper, but I don't know if you could learn a language from, like, how are you going to teach the baby? Are you going to teach them how to speak? I guess in that circumstance, in that world, you'd teach them like just sound like ASL or whatever. But are they even going to survive? That's the real question. At the end of this movie, I mean, there's like two more of those coming because there's three in the area. Nate, I don't know if that killed it. Shooting with a gun. I mean, you kind of you think it does, but yeah, it kind of leaves, kinda leaves that up to. 
and leaves it up to just like ah, whatever you this doesn't really matter which every good horror movie does leaves it up to your discretion of what happened yeah bad bad horror movies do that too spoiler alert um in case you're all uh interested in seeing truth or dare i will now uh talk about the ending part of uh this film as a little a little tangent as to uh how silly the ending was so in truth or dare uh the ending is like well you can either die or you can get other people to join the game of truth or dare and they're like hmm well we could either just sacrifice ourselves and keep keep the uh keep the entire you know, human race away from this very spooky game, but instead they record a YouTube video that somehow goes viral that's like, all right, truth or dare, everybody, now the entire world has to play with us. Wow. Um, so that's a big, very fun twist at the end of the movie where they basically just, like, sell out the entire human race that's eventually probably going to die from the spooky, scary game to uh, give themselves some time to just hang, I guess. Got him. That was just kind of a fun side tangent as to how very scary movies uh, leave uh, things up for interpretation in the end. But sometimes it's not good. Um, but I would say that uh, Spooky Scary uh, Jim Helper Quiet Time was a pretty uh, pretty well done movie. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. I thought it was well done. Um, and I thought it was good. It really is a weird uh, movie. I, I wouldn't say that I'd, I don't know, I'd probably watch it again just to like, I don't know. It, I, mean, I think I, it's just it, the first movie that I loved so much that I will never, ever, ever, ever submit myself to that torture of <laughs> uncomfortable tension ever again. Yeah, it was, it was tense. I think like one of the first, one of the first scenes, like that or one of the scenes that really just stressed me out is when uh the deaf girl is like going into her the dad's basement and she's like walking through the house but like avoiding stepping on the very very crunchy leaves uh-huh. and it was like this is in any other situation like this would not be scary or stressing me out at all um but it did like a lot and then when he grabs her like you can't go down there it spooked me it was a good jump what are you doing in here? You can't go down there. There's loud noises down there. Her character did kind of piss me off, the little girl. Oh, my but, gosh. I, mean, I guess she's like 10, probably, or something. So she just wants to help. And But, man, yeah, she she's almost causes very... every bad thing in the movie. is almost her fault. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But then she saves it at the end, so good for her. Yeah, because she happens to have a supersonic... Scary, yeah, that sound. Also, she when she turns it off in the car, and then the alien starts attacking her. How did she like the past two times of like turning it on and like not uh, hearing or not noticing that the alien went and ran away? Like, how did she not put that together until like the very end? I mean, obviously, it's very loud to her too. It's like right in her skull. And then like the one time she turns it off, like it keeps attacking her, and she's like, "Oh, why is this happening?" Very silly. Dumb, um, stupid little girl. Yeah, just kids. I think, like, kids in horror movies are just routinely, like, just, Absolutely mental. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, well, we uh, asked on Twitter, asked our very big, very uh, incredible, just just hundreds of thousands of people, our audience. Massive um, following. What they thought about the, thought about the film. Um, and we got a few replies, and uh, we'll read those out. Uh, right now, 
and talk about them. Um, so at Kath Paisley, one of the writers for our site, uh, wrote, Overrated. A lot of the decisions made by the characters make no sense, and at times it's pretty unintentionally funny. You're welcome for that spicy response. Winky face. Um, so obviously Kath didn't like this movie very much um, and thought it was funny at times. Um, but I'd say the most scary movies you kind of have to like kind of suspend your disbelief for a bit because most of the premises are very ridiculous and very silly yeah, and probably very predictable. Um, so I would say good analysis that these characters make silly decisions, but I feel like that's all horror in the first place, really. It's the genre's fault. Yeah, good old horror, gotcha. Um, Paige Becker, at Paige Becker, um, who coincidentally has the same last name as you, super weird, said, I was on the edge of my seat the entire movie. It had just enough jump scares. It had a pretty solid storyline. I cried like a baby at the end. And John Krasinski truly made it seem as over as though all your senses were heightened. Overall, 10 out of 10 movie. She yeah, loves John Krasinski uh, was uh, my dad um, in the movie. And uh, I was into that. Um, at Little Sparks 28... Uh, said the fact that John wanted to have a deaf actor play his daughter really put in perspective on where he wants his movie-making future to go and how he made it as a letter to his kids about how much he cares for them and would do anything to protect them was an A1 choice. So I would just kind of talk to us about, like, how the movie was and, like, the director's intentions. Good job, Little Sparks 28, or Spencer, Scooper Walt. You're doing great. And then we had one last uh, reply, um that said, me screaming in my head the whole hour and 33 minutes, and then um, it's just kind of one word, but it says, ah, shit. Hashtag a quiet list movie, hashtag never talking again. Um, thank you, Reagan. Some more Halder, some more Halder for that reply. She also included a gif of, like, David Tennant, like, closing somebody's mouth, so that was pretty fun. Um so yeah, that's uh, your responses and your replies to how you felt about the movie. I think it's something that we'll be doing um, consistently for a while. It's just kind of hearing uh, what your thoughts are as the audience, and we'll talk about it on the podcast. So if you want to do that, you can also like leave a review on uh, iTunes, preferably a five-star review. If you don't leave a five-star review, we'll probably not talk about it. But if you leave a five-star review on our uh, iTunes, we'll talk about that and give you some praise, some glory. Uh, we'll worship you. Mm-hmm. Um and also Instagram, Twitter, really, I mean, we're kind of hurting for interaction because we miss you guys. We want you. We want our audience to talk to us. So anytime that you want to just uh, say anything to us, please do. We'll talk about it on the podcast because uh, we're needy for attention. We are. That's right. Um, so I guess that about uh, does it um, for the Every Week in a Movie podcast. My name is Ben Harris. I was joined by my co-host, Taylor J. Becker. Well, um, let's not throw my middle name out there, but we're good. Uh, let's keep it going. Uh, Jay, his middle name's Jay. Damn it. Next week we'll be talking about um, our favorite movie starring Nicolas Cage, uh, Face Off. Uh, so um, It's a prequel we'll, to uh, National Treasure. <laughs> it's <laughs> National Treasure 2, Book of Secrets. Um, we'll talk about that one. Uh, so uh, see you uh, next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.